This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. So I'm on the phone this morning with Danai from um, the True Food Company based in Athens, Greece. Hello, Danai. How are you doing this morning? Hi, and I'm doing good. Well, actually, it's thank it's, you for it's, asking. It's the evening where you are, of course, because um, I'm in California, you're in Greece, and it's good that we're able to connect here on WhatsApp. Um, I first heard about your company when I was in Athens talking to George with Caesari Kombucha, who said that he was inspired to start his kombucha brand because you had already launched kombucha. But I understand your first products were that you still sell are not the drink, but you, you sell kale chips and other products. What, how did you start True Food? What, what was, when did it start and what was the reason? Um, so True Food started around 2009 and we started as kind of a, an activist food collective. So, uh, what that meant for us Back then, in 2009, it was about uh, introducing people to the way uh, food affects us on all levels. So it affects our health, uh, it affects our economy, uh, our choices when we when we shop for food, which is an everyday necessity. Um, affects other people in other parts of the world how we choose to eat. Affects our bodies and. Um, and we kind of wanted to raise awareness around uh, the importance of eating uh, consciously and eating a uh, whole food diet and um, paying attention to what's going into our uh, system and how it's affecting us. So we started um, doing uh, what the Italian slow food movement, because we were inspired by them, uh, uh, they were doing things called Edens, and they would just set up a big table in the middle of a busy street in the city, and uh, loads of people would contribute like wholesome food, and then it was free for everyone to try, and then you would start a conversation with just people on the street about uh, about food and and why it was important and why why it was important to raise consciousness around healthy food and eating seasonally and uh, why organic is important and why we should reject genetically modified foods and why saving uh, seeds was important. You know, that whole conversation about food in that way. Um, and also, uh, we were mainly vegan and vegetarian back then at least. So we really wanted to emphasize that Eating that way, eating that kind of a diet meant uh, that you could really eat delicious food and be satiated because everyone in Greece at that time really connected healthy food with um, just boring, you know, lettuce and, and, you know, boring stuff. So, they, you know, we really wanted to bring, like, the, the deliciousness factor into, into the picture uh, and not just say, oh, we're eating healthy, but we're actually getting a lot of pleasure from the food we're eating. Yeah. So we started as a collective like that. How many, and, you say a collective. Kind of into it, a, if I can just ask, you said a collective. We, we, so how many, how yeah, many people yeah. were Yeah, so we were, when we, st- like the, the core was um, four to five people. And then people would, would like uh, come in and out because people were traveling. They had lots of jobs. You know, we had, everyone had 
other kinds of jobs that they were doing. It was like a, a side thing. It was a passion thing. It wasn't uh, work-related. And then we started doing more um, catering kind of jobs and going to, like, uh, markets and uh, a really um, local uh, play, uh, market called the Meat Market with a double E, where it was all kind of craftspeople, like anyone making clothing or, or uh, jewelry or whatever, and we were and we were doing the food. Yeah, and I was so, there. I met. That's, and then it, that's where I met George. I was at. Ah, the, you met Allison. Uh, well, I didn't meet Allison. Ah, I, I, was at, I was at George's ah. booth when there was the jazz festival. Ah, right. And I went to the right. meat market at the Gasworks, and I heard about the history of it. It was started by a woman who'd lived in San Francisco and been inspired by the street food here, by the street markets. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, so you would cater. No, no, yeah, that's Allison. So, so that was. We, yeah, we started, we were at the very first ever meat market, which was a tiny uh, little market in the center of Athens, Greece. And um, we just started popping, doing pop-ups, and then we took over another uh, restaurant every Sunday in Exatia, in another part of uh, the city, kind of famous for its riots and its uh, rebellious spirit. I don't know if you visited while you were in Athens. No. Um, no. Um, so it's uh, kind of an activist uh, neighborhood. And, uh, and we, yeah, so then, and then kind of evolved into uh, a little workshop where we would uh, make food. And actually, my, uh, um, well, my background was in philosophy and education and, and uh, 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 literature and stuff like that, romantic stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I wanted to save the world through food. Um, uh, but um, we started the uh, the workshop, and uh, we were we. I had also uh, studying raw food cuisine, so it's a very specific technique. You're in California, so you know what raw food is. Yeah. Um, so. It's it, for me. It's a it's a cooking technique, right? And it, it's uh, you use a dehydrator, and you can make any kind of food you want. Like you, there's a raw version for it. So I had gone to the Matthew Kenny um, Institute in Oklahoma, and I came back with a lot of good recipes. And actually, that's probably when I brewed kombucha for the first time uh, properly. So in that school, um, they they taught us how to brew kombucha, um, and and I was a kombucha lover from before because I'm Greek American. So I travel from I've got a lot of family in the states. So I'm, mm-hmm. I I travel to the states and I also travel for work sometimes. And um, and I had you know I was trying kombucha and I was well GTS was the first one right and and I just was addicted and I like every time I I, I couldn't believe you know that I didn't have access to this unique flavor in this it's like it's um it's an acquired taste like I I realized when when people first try it you know they're they're kind of like oh that's not a soft drink that's not you know it's it's a strange taste but once you've uh acquired it for your palate, then it's, for me, it was addictive. Like, I just wanted 
I, I couldn't not have it, even if it was just one a day. So whenever I would travel to the States, I would always, that would be the first thing I run to a fridge and get a, get kombucha. And mm-hmm. then when we brewed it at school and then I, I came back to Athens after that, um, I tried to find a SCOBY here because um, I just I couldn't bring it from there. The way I was traveling at that time, I couldn't bring the SCOBY back. So I started going into these forums and it was around maybe 2010. And this it was like the, the forums were kind of archaic back then, you know. And um, and this one man answered, and it was a professor at the technical university, and his name was Elias Neradzis, and um, he uh, was the one that answered me. He, he's a professor of enology, which I mean, in Greek, enos is wine. So he he was. Uh, a professor teaching and writing about wine making and beer making and um, and he was and I, I met him through the forum you know had a rendezvous and I, he gave me the scoby and we became friends because we bonded over kombucha and um, then kind of when, when the workshop was was and we were a, a little bit more ready to, to try something like kombucha because it was very hard to stabilize the to stabilize it, you know, like mm-hmm. for commer- to, to produce it commercially was so much more difficult than just to brew it at home, you know. So, um, so he really helped us out with that because he he was passionate about kombucha as well. He's he's passed away now, unfortunately, two years ago, mm-hmm. but um, he had a great passion for for kombucha, and uh, um, he was giving it to like uh, the Greek uh, weightlifting. Um, uh, how do you say it? like uh, like they're the national team for weightlifters, but they they couldn't endorse it, so he couldn't. They they never like advertised it, but he, he was like they're you know these guys are like the Greek li- uh, weightlifters, and they're they're drinking kombucha like that. I'm making them, you know. He was home brewing and and give. anyway, we we bonded a lot over kombucha and and generally over like food serenity and and sea and all that, you know. Uh, dialogue around that what, what I was talking about before and he helped us um, kind of be able to stabilize the, to make it a product that would actually sell because you know I mean I remember going to um, it, and this is just about two or three years ago this is recent that we, we right before COVID uh, basically we launched it right before the first lockdown in Greece Mm-hmm. Uh, which was not really good timing, yeah. Um, but like you know, I, I, it's hard to, to stabilize it for commercial use because we we don't we make it like real, you know. We we want it to be the real thing, so we don't we make it like the traditional way that you would brew at home, and then to stabilize that. Um, and to not make it froth or like over, you know, ferment or and get a, a, a flavor that was palatable to people that aren't used to kombucha because nobody here really knows it. And it's pretty amazing that we're a really small 
uh, country, and we're already three companies now um, right. making it, and it's becoming so much more popular. Yeah, if I can but ask people you, still don't really know. Exactly, no. It, it, I, I found that in Greece and Turkey on my travels. It's very, very unusual to find kombucha, which is why you're doing a great job, as is George, but it's very early days compared to, you know, the States where you've visited and, you yeah. know, it's all over now with GTs in every corner shop almost across the country. But I wanted yeah. to ask you about true food. So you, you've you got both, it's food as well. It's it's kale chips. And when was kombucha the first product or did kombucha come after the kale chips that you dehydrate? Um, oh no! It was la- it was the last product. <laughs> so when did you actually become a commercial company with the other products? How, what was the time um, the timeline? So it, we launched it into the market because so we were already selling our um, raw food snacks um, to organic shops around the country, um, and so we. Uh, launched the kombucha right before the first lockdown, like literally the day before was the first uh, okay. day that we... Uh, okay, and that's so that actually... Was, um, yeah, that's actually something I've talked to any number of, of relatively young kombucha companies. So many people did that. It was weird that you think it would have been the worst time. But what was your experience of um, those time during the lockdown i mean how were the sales managed was it home delivery did did you find somewhere where customers were able to come and pick it up because there was no well the thing is that we i mean like i explained in the beginning our our work has always been about like kind of raising awareness and educating um people so uh really was uh when when was the first lockdown? I, I've kind of blocked it because I, I really, I think it was 2019 or, or 20. To, 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 I think it was March, say? March of 2020. So four years ago. March of 2020. Yeah. Three so years ago, yeah, three, three years, yeah, three years ago. Um, so it wasn't good timing for us because it was something that really needed, uh, us to go and, and explain to, uh, the salespeople in the stores and also the, and also the public, like what, what this product is. Because literally three years ago, I mean, in three years, it, it's been a gigantic leap of how much awareness has been raised by us and by George and by the Greek gut. Like everyone, you know, it's three years, it's been a humongous difference in the market. We have this mix of like tourists coming in and mixing with the locals. They bring in their like wants and desires and, and know that they know that they want kombucha. So when they see it, you know, so then the store manager is like, Oh, okay. So that's something that sells and tourists get it. And, but in Greece, you know, we're a tourist destination and we work a lot with that sector and, and also there's a lot of, I mean, you experience that there's a lot of restaurants, a lot of cafes, you know, and everything was dead during lockdown. Right. So also the culture of ordering and, and uh, delivering and stuff like that isn't as prevalent as it is in the States. And it increased during lockdown, but it wasn't good for 
extra sales for sure. Like it was, it slowed the whole process down, I'd say, for yes. us. So bring, that me, moment bring me up to date as yeah. with today. Um, I saw on your website, you yeah. have a number of flavors, pomegranate, ginger lemon, raspberry. Um, you sell them for yeah. 15 euro, a six pack, 250 milliliter glass bottles. So you're selling online. You presumably, you also have a good long list of, of, uh, outlets, uh, around. Now, I think with the kombucha, is it true that you only sell that in Athens? Your other products go out to the islands and so on. Um, what's the distribution of kombucha like today? Um, so right now we're, uh, we're sending to the islands as well because the islands are, you know, they're booming in the summer here. Mm -hmm. So there's, and there's, uh, there's demand. Um, and there's also other coaches that are, that are available nowadays in Greece as well. They're not Greek companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're kind of easier to manage, you know, for people that can keep it out of the fridge and stuff like that. So it's still, you know, you still need to, for me, I still need to identify myself as a brand that's, that's different. Like our, our kombucha cannot be kept out of the fridge. It's, you know, it, it continues fermenting and it'll explode if someone opens it. So, um, it's still something that I'm trying to raise awareness about, like the differences, the different types of kombuchas on the market that yeah. are available. But still, people that know will understand the difference, and they and there's demand for our our brand. So it goes, it, it travels to the islands. The, from our website, we ca we can't really send outside of the city at the moment because we haven't found a way to uh, to spread it uh, uh, via like fridge fridge couriers. Right. But because we have a distributor that help, that helps us and, and, or we'll go and deliver to a fridge courier ourselves, like to go to a shop, that's easier. But if someone orders online and they're outside of the city, it's very hard to ship it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really found a way to do that yet. Yeah, I understand. And also, I was there in May, of course, temperatures in Athens were in the 70s, it was quite comfortable. But it's in the news over here. Now you've got some pretty intense heat, uh, heat waves across Greece and other parts of Europe. Very intense. Does that, you're, you're, you're distributing yes. with a refrigerated courier to the islands. And is that still possible? I mean, I guess they have their trucks and their coolers. Uh, oh, everything's working okay for you. Is that the case? Yeah, every, everything's good. It's just, um, that, like via the website, I can't do it, but, but with the, because so many other things go to the islands as well. So like dairy travels and fridges and they, you know, there's, there's a big map. There's a lot of tourism. So you can, there's fridges that you can send kind of bulk, mm. you know, uh, to the, to the stores or. So, uh, and that's doable. Yeah. But, so yeah. let's switch gears. I mean, I'm curious then to know, uh, of course, I reckon I've been home brewing myself for 12 years and I always know that what I respect about commercial brands is how they manage to stabilize it. You obviously had to overcome that problem. What is your production like now? Not, it's very small. <laughs> it's, it, 
it's still quite small. In the in the summer, it's it's gone up. Like uh, so, all of a sudden, when the weather gets hot, the the sales go up. But I mean, it's really been only our maybe second semi normal summer, or maybe our first normal summer. You know, because last year it was semi normal, I'd say. Um, and we brew. We're brewing right now um, in. Glass and in and plastic vats, not inox yet. But I'd like to switch to inox. Uh huh. And and is have you got uh, your own dedicated space, a warehouse, or a place where you have both the kale chips and the kombucha? You're producing. Yeah. You're not doing it in your kitchen at home or anything like that. No, 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 no. We have. Our, it's in our workshop. It's in our workshop, which we're, which, um, one side of it is the dehydrators and all the raw food snacks. And the other side is the, the brewery, which is very small at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's wonderful, uh, to hear that you acknowledge the fact that both the Greek gut and Ciceri kombucha and you, it sounds like you're all friends. You know, you're not, uh, fighting over, you know, who gets to be in which store because it's such a huge potential market. Um, as kombucha becomes more popular, both with tourists and with Greek, what is the, re- what is the response you're getting from not necessarily tourists who drink it, you know, in a US or England before they come on holiday? What is the response of the average Greek person? I mean, is there a certain, is it all the vegan, vegetarian people that you're selling to or do you find average greek housewives or old, older people are drinking it too who's who's finding kombucha oh, i think i think it's for everyone and i mean my kids drink it so <laughs> um I, I think it's for everyone i think it's just a matter of uh getting over that initial kind of funk of the fermentation a little bit of it's a little bit of a shock to their system and um the average response i'm not sure if there's an average response i'd say some people are just naturally drawn to it it's kind of like marmite at the moment it's like um, <laughs> i'm glad either you love it or you you hate it i don't know it's I, i'm laughing i, I mean because... i love it so i can't I'm laughing that you know about Marmite. I mean, I grew up in England where Marmite originated, and I love it. But that's a common phrase in England. People are either, if something's controversial, they will use that phrase. I'm I'm laughing that you, because in the U.S., nobody knows about Marmite. But you must have visited England to know about Marmite. (laughs) Yeah, I lived in in London for four years. Ah, um, yeah, and okay. I went to an international school, so I had a lot of friends that were English and Australian and, you know, from all over, so. Right, right. So what's yeah. the, just to wrap up then, what, what's the future? Do you see, where would you like to be with the true food and, and especially kombucha as your product in another two years? Do you have a, a vision? Do you, do you, are you looking for, uh, to expand or how are you, managing that yes totally I, I would like it to be everywhere like gt's is and and also i mean i know gt has a very specific story and it's about health and all of that but as i said before i, I mean and i really health is number one you know but uh pleasure is also part of 
of life and uh, and leading a healthy life. And I think you could you can make a main. I mean, just to take it out a little bit out of the health context, we made amazing cocktails with kombucha the other day with my friend, like using. Um, like, a, I don't know if you've tried a drink here called Tipuro. It's like a, uh, it's, it's a, a hard drink that everyone here knows. It's very, very, like, locals, we all know it. We all drink it. We drink it in the winter. We drink it in the summer. Um, and we, we made cocktails using that and mixing kombucha. And they came out so delicious. I just think it could be in, like, uh, you know, in cafes and their catalogs and, just an alternative also to non-alcoholic uh, options in the evening. Because, you know, we have, I mean, I think you experienced Athens is quite, we have a nightlife and we're, you know, it's a quite a vibrant city. And um, and I think we like to indul- indulge in, in pleasures, you know, in food and in drink and stuff like that. And if you can have kombucha in the mix either you know on its own which it stands alone beautifully i mean that's how i drink it most of the time or even as a mixer in cocktails and then i really like i'm inspired by um this company in the basque country if you're ever in europe again i don't know maybe you already know them i forget their name but they're they're brewing kombucha in a in a and marketing it in a in a different way and it's like in these wine bottles and it's kind of like a cult. It's kind of like um, I would like to see the evolution of kombucha the way that Greek wine is evolving because mm. our wines are evolving in a really beautiful way as well, and they're being recognized. And um, and I mean, all our products, all our Greek products, are evolving in in those ways like they never have before because we really do have a very uh, abundant. Um, uh, everything in Greece. Yeah. I don't know if that was your experience. With food. Oh, sure. But the food is remarkably refreshing. Even the average menu with the, you know, the Greek yogurt with walnuts and honey for breakfast, the beautiful salads, of course, a lot of, not vegan, but a lot of feta cheese. And um, I like the analogy you drew or the, the pattern you see with, there are definitely in different parts of the world, uh, like in England, uh, there's a couple of companies who really sell high-end kombucha. Uh, there's one called Go Kombucha that's been around for a long time, Real Kombucha. Yeah. And, and they sell, you know, the wine bottle sized. In fact, Real Kombucha have twinned with, uh, Michelin chart styled restaurants to carry it. So yeah. It's not something, and again, some people drink kombucha like they will drink a soda because it's refreshing in the middle of the day. But it sounds like you're also, yeah. it's definitely a potential to market a high-end, you know, bottle of, instead of wine, people would order it when they're eating a, a fancy meal. Um, and that's exactly. a great, that's a great future. Um, so today, I think you're one of the pioneers in Greece and I wish you luck for the future. It's been, it's been great to talk with you and good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.